Can we talk about Olympic gymnast Simone Biles standing up for her mental health and how this relates to those in the LGBTQ community? Let's talk about self-care, self-advocacy, and being shredded by armchair critics who have lost their humanity. These people do not deserve a voice in your head or a space in your beautiful heart. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? Well, hello again. Welcome to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We're back. Yes. <laughs> please, please sit down. Food Arts is taped before a live studio audience. No. In our apartment. In our, it's, actually, it's not. It's just us. So we are back. We're so excited to be here. Oh, my gosh. We're so glad. Mm-hmm. We um, missed you guys. Thanks for coming back. Mm-hmm. And again, we, we have gotten so many comments from those of you who have gotten kind of caught up and, and introduced uh, to the podcast uh, and we're just so glad you're here. As a reminder, you can come say hello at freedhearts.org. And if you have questions or comments about the podcast, please email us at podcast at freedhearts.org. Before we get going with this episode, and it's going to be a fun one, I want to give a shout out to and kind of introduce you to one of our favorite queer couples, Melissa and Paleo, and their Forbidden Apple podcast. Take a listen. Have you been told you cannot be LGBTQ and spiritual? The Forbidden Apple podcast is a space that gives voice to queer individuals to reclaim their spirituality. Whatever that means to you. Come find us over at the Forbidden Apple podcast. I am Melissa Weiss, and I grew up in an ultra-Orthodox Hasidic Jewish home, which was very, very religious. I am Pelayo Alvarez, and I grew up back in Spain, also in a very religious Catholic environment. And now, we explore what spirituality means to us as out and proud queer individuals. Come join us on all streaming platforms. And you were a guest on that podcast, right, Susan? I was, oh, yes. They're, they're awesome. They're so Delightful. awesome. We hope you enjoy them. Okay, so... Can we talk about Simone Biles and how this is related to those in the LGBTQ community? This is related to self-care, self-advocacy, and being shredded by armchair critics who have lost their humanity. Yes. I absolutely love Simone Biles. I do. (laughs) She is unequivocally, hands down, one of my biggest heroes ever and favorite people. She's strong and powerful and smart. And seriously, in my art journal, I have a picture of three heroes, Luna Lovegood, (laughs) the new doctor, and uh, Doctor Who, and uh, Simone Biles. And Simone Biles is only the only one who's a real person. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? I know. Luna's not real? I know. But Simone doesn't seem like a real person often because she's superhuman but she really is real. Now, unless you don't follow sports or the Olympics at all, you, you know that Simone Biles pulled out of the gymnastics all-around competition at the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Yes. Citing mental health issues, mental health reasons. And the response was, was interesting, to yes. say the least. There was a lot of backlash, like a lot of just criticism from ignorant criticism. Yeah. Which sounded like a lot, but we looked at the stats. And 62% of Americans say they supported Biles' decision to pull out. And 51% said they strongly supported her. And just 13 opposed it. 
Yeah, and another 22% say they didn't know enough about the situation to weigh in. Yeah, so 62% of Americans supported violence, but that's not what you you heard from a certain element of the media and online trolls and critics, and we're going to call them armchair critics. Yes, they sit in the armchair and tell everybody else what they should do. And they weighed in about mental toughness, and she should push through and get it together for the team and not let people down, all that stuff. And they have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. None. So I've I've had an imaginary conversation about this, Rob. Does that sound familiar? Yes. You know what I mean? I I mean, it sounds... How often do do you all get, do we get comments about us and our support or our work or our children or your children or you? And there are people that don't have a clue or kind of even worse, they think they have a clue. Well, what about Leviticus? And they don't have a, a clue or the gay agenda or whatever it is that they're saying. They don't have a clue what's going on. And that's kind of what happened here. And, and what, what we want to talk about here is how this relates to the community. And again, about it's really about self-care and self-advocacy and, and taking yeah. care of yourself in the middle of all this. So you had this imaginary conversation. Yeah, so here's my conversation with the armchair critic. Let me ask you this. When you were in the Olympics for the second time, not having lost an international competition in eight years— when everybody was awaiting and demanding perfection from you, when you had the weight of the world on your shoulders, oh, and when you were the face of sexual abuse survival and you got the twisties and how did you handle it? Wait, what? Yeah, I mean, so tell me, how did you push through and pull out all that mental toughness you're talking about? Oh, you didn't? Okay, then you should just zip it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> zip it. <laughs> I should have gotten a zipper sound ready on uh, my on my yeah. high tech special effects. Yeah, because I'm <laughs> I'm serious about it. <laughs> you have zero to contribute to this conversation. The only role you have in this conversation is to zip it and listen. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So why why are we talking about this on the podcast? Well, because we, you and I, and our entire community here that's listening, we've experienced those armchair critics a lot, weighing in on how you should be or how you shouldn't be. And we've been told how wrong we are and what we're doing is wrong. And that's by people who who aren't doing it. They don't know what they're talking about at all. They're not the ones in the arena. Yeah, we get that. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. They're not, they have, we talk about this, we've used the phrase before that, they're playing with Monopoly money and we've got our entire life savings in here. And that's true. As you get people responding who don't have a child, who are not gay, and they'll say things like, you know, well, they'll talk about the countless passages in the Bible that talk about LGBTQ. Well, no. Or they'll talk about this or that. And it gets frustrating sometimes. But there's, wait a minute, what is that quote yeah. from Teddy Roosevelt, I think? But it's it's where um, uh, Brene Brown got her title for her book, Daring Greatly. Yeah, you know that? I do. It's Teddy Roosevelt. And he said this, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, 
who at the best knows in the end triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while trying, while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Yeah. You knew I was going to ask that because you had that one. I did. (laughs) I just want to say, the people listening to this, you have dared greatly to love well, to find out who you are, to be authentic to yourself and to others. And if somebody's not in the arena with you, they don't get to weigh in on it. So to all of you who have been told how you should be, who you should be, who you should love, who you shouldn't love, I think you got something to tell them. And, 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 we, and we, really, we really, really want you to hear this because this serves you well. You deserve to hear this. Yes. Unless that person who's maligning you, it could be anybody from a troll to a pastor to a friend to your mother. Unless that person is the one in the arena with blood and sweat on their face doing the work, they don't get to have an opinion on you and what you should or shouldn't be doing. That's not their role. It's easy to listen. It's difficult sometimes to set that aside because they are our, quote, friends or, or family. And, and we tend to, to hear those things and, and take them in. But, and I think a lot of people would say, I mean, I, I listen to what you just said. And I think a parent might say, well, I am in the arena. You know, I, I'm not an armchair critic. I, I am in the arena. But they aren't the ones facing their sexuality as a source of despair and rejection. And a lot of times, and we hear this all the time because we hear from parents all the time and have, and have reached tens of thousands of parents, a very common response is, oh my gosh, what will people think of me as a parent? So yes, they're in the arena, but they're not dealing with what you are dealing with and they're not really in the arena. They're not really in the arena. And it's like, okay, it's like if your daughter starts her period and you're like, oh, I'm here with you, honey. I'm here with you. I'm in the arena with you. And she's like, you're not the one starting your period. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. But it's not you going through this. And yeah. Well, you as, probably have something to, you have an imaginary conversation with those people too? Uh, no, I think it's kind of the same one. Well, yeah. I do want to say, you know, your opinion on this topic is uninformed and you're just revealing your own ignorance. So for your own sake, you, so you don't look more foolish than you need to, you should just sit down and zip it. Sit, sit next to the other armchair critics and zip it. Because you... Zip it good. <laughs> zip it. Sorry. And it, man, especially the public figures and news outlets and religious leaders, leaders who malign, just denigrate people so freely. Those who've criticized Simone Biles... And those who are telling gay and trans and lesbian, all people or women or black people or other people of color or anyone they view with contempt, meaning they view them as being beneath them. They are just maligning them so freely and they're speaking things that they have no idea what they're talking about. Just to be honest here, the motivation behind most of that, I'm very confident in saying is very selfish. It's either to maintain power or wealth or influence or to get clicks or keep their audience strong or, or whatever it is, but it reveals 
we've said this a lot, it reveals everything about them and nothing about you. Yeah. It has everything to do with them and nothing about you. And you don't have to listen. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty upside down this world when you you gain financial, you know, gain advantage by destroying other people. That's just awful. It's really whacked out. But our job is to shut them out, not to listen and not let it get inside our heads where they can live rent-free. That's not what we want to do. Oh, there's a lot of this. Sometimes I think we get frustrated because I know I get frustrated and get angry because I want to shut the system down. I want to shut you know, the system down and and we should do what we can to help do that and work towards that. But personally, with that in my own life, I can decide whether or not I'm going to give that voice credibility. Just like when you go on Google and you see something that says ad, you're like, okay, they have a certain incentive here that's different from just information. Well, we won't get into all that, but if you commodify, if if you're being commodified, it's a different relationship to the whole thing. And we when, don't see that, don't we? We don't Do see we? that anywhere. We don't see that no, anywhere. No, never. no. And we've seen it a lot in the recent Olympics. I mean, just our athletes. I was thinking about the sand volleyball competitors, beach volleyball, the women, yeah. the beach volleyball. Yeah, that have to wear those little bikinis at the bottoms that are just, it's like 10 centimeters well, max. And part of the rule is that the side strap can be no wider than a certain amount. So it's not just bikini bottoms, it's a certain type of overly revealing bikini yeah. bottom. So they're saying that much of your body is private. The rest is ours for consumption. That's pretty bad. They got into sand volleyball, beach volleyball for the sport of it, not to wear those bikini bottoms. And, and one team I know stood up and said, we're not going to do that. And um, got yeah, they fined. Wore shorts. Yeah. Got fined. And Pink, the artist Pink, said, you, stay, you stick with it, we're going to pay your fines. Now, I just read that the beach handball that in, I'm going to get this wrong, some European country, their beach handball team, I didn't even know there was beach handball, but the beach handball team has decided said, we're not going to wear bikini bottoms anymore. We're only going to wear shorts. And the, the federation backed down and changed the rules. Wow. Yeah, so. So listen, how about in starting now till the next Olympics, the beach volleyball team just wears shorts. Yeah. yeah. And they all come in shorts. Are, are they going to disqualify all of them? Right. And that gives hope because it's easy to be intimidated here by the organizing committees and sponsors and who are saying, well, you're going to lose your sponsorship if you don't wear this, or you're going to lose your place on the team if you don't wear this. And I think of Simone Biles, again, back to Simone. <laughs> uh, hey, I know you're listening. Thanks. We love you. <laughs> call us. Uh, and, we and, call you, but we don't have your number. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah Simone's <laughs> number is 713. No, no. Um, she said that the one main reason that she came back in the gymnastics was to be a voice for the young gymnasts who were a victim of sexual abuse, who her, because she was uh, still competing, they couldn't just ignore it. The committees couldn't just ignore it. And so she gave them strength and feeling that they had a voice that they weren't alone. The same thing is true when the beach volleyball team stands up or when Simone says, you know what? You know, as strong as she is in every way, physically, mentally, intellectually, and she keeps getting stronger. 
It's matched by her mental toughness and, and fortitude to say, no, I'm not doing this. And it raised that in Naomi Osaka, similar situation there. It raised this issue of mental health to where we talked about it or they talked about it on the Olympics every day. Yeah. Um, and it's given others that don't have that kind of position a voice, a strength. Yes. To say, yeah, me too. That's right. And the pressure, it is enormous. It's just yeah. immeasurable. Well, she did this, and it honestly, it, it increased our admiration of her. Yeah. Which it should increase Absolutely. your Absolutely. You I know. didn't think I could admire her anymore, and then she did this. I was like, yeah, I admire you more. <laughs> and so if you have been raked over the coals by armchair critics and ignorant people and run over by a truck, people telling you what you should and shouldn't do, who you should and shouldn't be, whether or not you're worthy or not, you have permission from us and from our hero, Susan's hero, Simone Biles, to say, zip it. You do you, I'll do me. Just be you. And be it quietly because I'm doing my thing. Oh, for them to be it quietly. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Them yes. be it quietly yeah. toward you. And like you said, the pressure is enormous. You know, she said coming to the Olympics and being the head star isn't an easy feat. No kidding. No so, kidding. Jeez. I mean, that NBC commentator, Mike Tirico, I really enjoyed watching him. And he said about Simone, he said, the hardest thing is to win when you're supposed to win. It's it's enormous, enormous pressure. And I, I say this like, you know, I know that you are resonating. You're her, you who are listening understand pressure to be somebody that you're expected to be. And it's very hard to perform on command. And it's really impossible to be somebody that you're not to please those around you. And, you know, Simone found out very quickly that she's not alone out there and you'll find out very quickly that you're not alone with chosen family or those and and athletes her chosen family athletes and her family too yeah yeah athletes those who are in the arena with her they understood and they supported her and they support her yeah yeah absolutely because they're in the arena they know what it means to fight for yourself and you know even i remember one of her teammates on the on the olympic gymnastics team when they were showing replays of Simone right there on that all-around team final, or the, the team final, um, when she did the vault, it, she got the twisties um, and went off, talked to her coaches, came back and told her team, I just can't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt myself, I'm going to hurt you all as a team. My, I'm not, you know, my scores are going to bring this down. I, for your sake, for my sake, I need to step away. One of her teammates said, um, come on, Simone, you, you know how to do this. You can do it. You can do it. Come on, you got this. And I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. There's something to be said for that in the moment because that is the response. You know, you fall off the bike and you're like, yeah, you, you can do this. You can do this, but go ahead. I think you're going to say no, more. No, 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 that, that's fine. And, that, and, that, and, that, and I think you'll get that. And I'm not... I'm not criticizing the teammate because I understand no, no, no. in the moment. But, yeah. but I think that when that situation, when you as an athlete or as a person or as a child or as whatever, say, I have a problem here. I'm struggling here. So often the immediate response from those around you, especially those who have something riding on your performance, coaches, sponsors, or even parents who have a reputation, quote unquote, writing on on you 
they say, oh, come on now, you'll be fine, you'll be fine, just let it go, forget it, forget it. And there's a difference. I mean, there's a... Did you have something else you wanted to say? I did. Well, yeah, the the teammates who initially said, you know, you can do it, they absolutely said the right thing. Absolutely. They were there in 100% support. And they are in the arena with her. But they didn't, because they say that stuff to each other all the time and need to say it and hear it. But the difference was that it was bigger than the normal, I can't do this. Yeah. I'm nervous, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they got that right away, which is what you have to do. You yeah. have to be willing to listen to the person in the situation. Yeah, and that's that's really what we want. That's kind of the bottom line here as people, what do we do with this information? Where do we go from here? How do, for those listening, when, when someone approaches you about that, when you're the one who's saying, I'm, you're reaching out to someone and saying, hey, I've got a problem here. I'm, I'm, something's going on with me. The key yeah. in that moment that will reveal your heart if you're on the receiving end or the person's heart on the receiving end is that is do they take the time to listen? Yeah. If the response back, and I've done this with our kids, you know, uh, and with you, is the, if the response back is is just, oh, it's fine or you'll be fine, or, you know, correction or something like that, then then no, it's not. And that happened to me. You know, that, that actually... I was not close to my dad. We were very distant. He was 40 years old when he had me and and not in good health when I was, you know, in my tweens and teens. And so we didn't play much. He was not an emotional person. He felt had horrible insecurity, didn't like his life, didn't like his situation, just really felt bad about everything and guilty and shamed. And so that's where he was coming from in his parenting. But one time in junior high school, I had a situation at school happen and I had I, I had to take a quick shower at the end of school and it was it was happening. So I came out and and he he picked me up from school and my hair was wet. And I wanted to talk to him about what was happening. I think I was upset. I think it was clear that I was upset, but I got in the car and he immediately started to berate me for not drying my hair that I might catch a cold. Blah, 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 blah. And I just shut down. And you know what? That's one is not the only time, but that was one of the times that led me to decide you're not safe to talk to because you don't listen. You're not, this is not safe. And just to pause, I think we've all done that. Oh, sure. We've all done that to our, I'm not minimizing it for you. Yeah. I just, what you're saying is alerting us to say, wow, we have no idea what we're shutting down when we just give our answers and not listen. I'm just saying it It happens so commonly and it has the results that you talked about. That's the takeaway from this. If you're, if someone is sharing that with you, you need to take the time to pause and listen, ask questions. Can you tell me more about that? What are you feeling? When Just ask to learn more instead of jumping in and try to fix it. Yeah. Which, and if you're the one telling something. Yes. Me. Yes. That, that, and if you're the one telling something, you need to expect and demand that kind of response. Do you have something you want to Yeah, do? it's almost more like a, I think it is an, a natural waiting and listening because maybe you can demand it. Maybe you can't demand it. I Well, I'm not saying yeah. demand it from the person. Like I demand right, you listen I to you me. Mean. You can demand it from the situation. In other words, if you... If, Don't cast your pearls. <laughs> yeah, if you've opened up to share something with someone, like with my dad, and I demanded that kind of treatment because I didn't put myself in that situation yes. again with him. That's yes, what I mean Yes, by that. yes, I see what you mean. Yeah. 
Well, I had that too. You know, my um, I told my stepmother about a pedophile in the neighborhood. He was always hanging around all the kids. I knew he was a pedophile. And I told her, and, and you know what she said? She said, oh, he doesn't have designs on you, which I, I can't tell you how many ways that is destructive and diminishing and uh, damaging. But I'll tell you this, I didn't tell her that my brother had molested me then. <laughs> it was like, and I didn't think about it till later, but that was... That was a little bit of a test, I think, to see what she would hear. At least it turned into that after I decided I'm not telling you anything. And in hindsight, she would be devastated to know what happened there with that. And all she had to do was just listen and ask ask some questions and be and not correct or be concerned about a reputation in the neighborhood or or whatever it is, but just to talk with you, just to listen. Once we jump in with a solution, we've cut the conversation off, and now it's a lecture. And what we're really talking about here is mental health. And we all have issues. We all struggle with things. And and you've heard this a lot out there lately. Is It's okay to not be okay. And surround yourself with people who will listen. You know? That's what you deserve. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and if, yeah, just say what you need to say in the safe places. Yeah. And this shows up so much. I mean, I think of kids who are bullied at school yeah, or, or online and they... I mean, it's everywhere that... Yeah, and, and the pressure is so enormous. Yeah. And they, and, and they come home and they share a little bit you know, it's almost like, you know, they come home with a, a bruise on their face because a bully hit them. And sometimes the response is, you know, oh my gosh, you need to cover that up. Or, you know, or whatever it is. But but there's so mental health out there. And, and we're dealing, this is originally being recorded, and you may be listening to this years down the road, but we're in the middle of a, of a pandemic here. And we all have issues from being in year two now. Yeah. I thought this. we were near the end of, at the end of the ta- yeah. pandemic, but... But and so it's it's just it's that life. There are issues in life, and we're not supposed to just just do the best you can, and, and you you got this. You know, come on, there there are issues, and so surround yourself with people who will listen. Um, and I mean, I also see it with again. We talk about Simone Biles and 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 uh, Naomi Osaka. I think of the uh, of the criticism I also read from Halsey, who is a singer. You know who that is, probably out there, but. She just posted something or recently posted something on, on Instagram showing her, her stretch marks from her baby body. Now, she just had a baby. It's like models showing before and after photos of the, of the retouching of, of images. This is what I really look like. This is who I really am. But this is, the, this is what you've been shown. And Halsey said, hey, this is who I am now. But they got slammed. And they're getting slammed but would we really want them not to be who they are? Isn't that what we want for our children is to live authentic lives, to be who you are? And that seems to be sometimes when, when uh, at the core of a lot of these issues is this demand that you be something you're not or this demand that you live up to expectations from, from people. Well, it gets back to commodification. I mean, Halsey is a commodity. And it's, you know, I would like to let her be a human being and not a commodity. But that's where we live right now, you know? And when our children have to be straight so that we can stay in our church and people will like us, they're a commodity. 
and all the things, all the ways we commodify people for our own benefit. And that's where it comes down. I just read a thing again about Carrie Strug and when she, you know, took that last vault on a broken ankle. It was already broken, I think, when she jumped, when she did her final vault. And I, I read a thing, we've looked at her as a hero, but I read a thing where they said, she looked at her coach, she said, do I have to, I'm hurt. And he said, go back in there. We got to win this medal. It was Caroli. And it's just either you're a person or a commodity. We keep yeah. saying the same thing, I think. But And that worked out. <laughs> okay. Not for her. It ended her career. Well, yes. And it wasn't it even was, needed. Yeah. But so many of those get back up there and do that and they break something, you know, career ending, you know, injury and yeah. things like that. So it's very, very difficult. So. Well, we're frustrated with this too. This is, I mean, I think sometimes when just listening to us talk about this, it's like I'm, I'm frustrated and I'm angry. And yeah, I don't think so. I sound like my chipper self. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm just I'm a little resentful of the whole thing. Yeah. Honestly, so here's the takeaway that, that we want to give <laughs> you because we want to wrap this up, encouraging all of you in our community. You do what you need to do for your own mental health to protect your own well-being. And embrace the power of saying no. If someone shares a situation, if you're out there and you're the receiver of someone who's having an issue, listen. Just listen. And those of you who are, you should expect to have people in your life. Again, you know you. You know you. You get to decide who you are and what you need. There will be people you allow in your life to help you with all of that, but you get to decide who those people are. Most of the time, people, the the armchair critics, the online trolls, the bullies who attack and shame and spew uninformed, ignorant comments, what they say reveals everything about them and nothing about you. You, nothing about you. They do not deserve a voice in your life or any space in your heart. You have the right to say no, to unapologetically say, zip it. (laughs) We love you. Please remember how imperfectly perfect you are and how beloved you are. Thanks for being with us today. We love you. We love you. We love love you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you That I am afraid someday So I call you up and you call me down Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www.freedhearts.org. Just come say hello. And if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast, things you'd like us to talk about, reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org. The music is provided by Hannah Cottrell, our daughter, the Grammy-nominated Saint Sinner. And you can find out more about her at heysaintsinner.com. Please share this, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform. And thanks for listening.